0: Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Wow. What the fuck? Number WTF. And it's also, ah, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck with Mark? Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nick's? Welcome to What the fuck. WTF, I'm Mark Marin. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. And I hope you're having a good day, a good morning, a good afternoon, a good night, a good drive, a good workout, whatever the fuck you're doing. Some of you heard the, the Monday show. I know. I know, man. I, I, it was unsettling to me in some ways, but I think we, uh, we, we were onto something there. And as I said at the end of that show, I found that uh, my conversation with Carlos Mencia was not not as genuine as I like. I felt a little uh, you know, taken for a ride in some ways, but I, I was still curious and I wanted to do more work, and I did. What I did was, on the recommendation of friends of mine, I reached out to some of the Latino comics. And on this episode, we're going to talk to Willie Barsena. Who has been doing comedy for years? He's a very respected Latino comic. He's done some, uh, done a Comedy Central hour. He's done radio. He's done the Tonight Show. He's known Carlos Mencia for years. So I wanted to to get to the bottom of some of the things that I I thought were issues. And then we talk uh, in this episode to Steve Trevino, who uh, also a, a Latino comic from Texas, uh, worked with Carlos as his opener and uh, and lackey uh, for for several years. And I'm just broadening out this conversation because I felt I feel compelled to to look at this. That there's something about the Carlos Mencia phenomenon that really speaks a lot to to the comedy business, to the you know how comics think, and and also to you know the the, the amazing power of, of of the internet, and also something about bullying, about you know behavior, interpersonal behavior that you know it can apply to anybody, and also about you know. Work ethic, personal morality—it it just got interesting. But I, I think really what we need to do now is—is is hear from uh, Willie Barcena and Steve Trevino, and then uh, and then see if we can get Carlos back on the line. My guest in the garage here at the Cat Ranch in Highland Park is Willie Barcena. Uh, multiple appearances on the Tonight Show, hour-long special on Comedy Central uh has, has been around a long time and one of those it's interesting that like i don't know your world and you don't know my world right right like that's the weirdest thing is that there are people who listen to this show and they think they know everything about comedy but just there's a whole latino world out there right and right. and it's huge
1: yeah it is man
0: now how often do you uh is how often do you play like
1: all latino audiences you know it depends it depends what's what uh what city i'm in uh-huh you know uh, I, I uh, I've been around a while, and, and and my you know, as we were talking earlier, man, Mike, I don't really specifically write uh, to be to to cater to the Hispanic crowd. I mean, I'm proud of being Hispanic, but uh, you know, I think you make you cut yourself short, and you make yourself too one dimensional, and. <laughs> You know, sometimes, man, when I'm looking at my bills, I go, man, maybe I should do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should do write more low rider jokes and stuff. But, yeah. but you know what, man? I, honestly, if I do, I, I know that if I did that, uh, that I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Well, that's a, well, that's interesting
0: because, you know, we were talking in the, uh, in the kitchen there that, you know, you, you are
1: Mexican. Right. Your mom's an immigrant. Right. I'm an immigrant, man. I I snuck in. We, she snuck us in here. It's funny because you hear all these, uh, stories of immigrants coming in and going through, um, the wilderness and doing all this and, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, my mom, man, my mom was so clever, dude. Yeah. My mom, the way she brought me and my sister in. She uh, paid this lawyer, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's funny because right now it's, it, it's current because it was going on in Arizona. You know, she, we got haircuts. This was, this was, I remember the day we, that we left. We got haircuts and we got brand new clothes, right? Yeah. And she paid this lawyer um, some money uh, and he had a nice Cadillac. And, and uh, to say that we were, he was taking us to Disneyland so that's all you the border patrol goes where are you guys going disneyland and then, and that's it that bro it. and that was the end of that you yeah you were in yeah i was in yeah you know my mom was she's a thinker dude. she's like, well why am i gonna go through the hills where these kids might die and starve But we could just dress them up and say you're going to disney and i see mickey you know so uh yeah and then you're in that's it and then your mom did all right she did real good bro i mean uh i grew up as a kid i grew up in, in boyle heights um my mom you know right when she got here man she was off and running. She was she had 3 4 jobs. I mean and on top of those 3 4 jobs she was going to school at night. She became an insurance agent within 7 years of being in this country. She bought houses you know all over. Yeah. <laughs> see right? Yeah. And uh and she you know with one of my teenage years she took me to Australia, she took me to Copenhagen, she took me all over the Just country. so you would see the world. See the world and she was and and she never uh, Said, oh, okay, we're Mexican. woe is me? You know, yeah. Uh, it was never that. It was always uh, she exposed me to different religions and and different thoughts and just different things, man. And and which is you know, and I think the bulk of of uh, Hispanics are that. Yeah. Are, 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 are that but we don't see them because you know what I mean It's are it's, it's stereotypes not, yeah it's not it's not sensational you know right. but, but if you really focus on the on the low rider and the gangs and, and your your mom made Menudo and, and things like that man then then people think oh wow look man it's all that, true yeah yeah that, that's that's who we are <laughs> you can go to the, the wars World War One and World War Two and Korea and you know I mean come on I think you and I have similar likes I don't know I, I, we haven't talked but I mean the guy that I really look up to is, uh lenny bruce oh yeah yeah you know really like lenny bruce and and then uh obviously uh prior Pryor, yeah. bill higgs yeah yeah yeah. you know those guys man those well, guys that are willing to say what really happened that's right you know looks man hollywood is a, is 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 the piece of pie for the for latinos in in showbiz yeah is a sliver man it's a very very small piece yeah now what happens is hollywood says okay all you comedians uh you guys here's your piece you know which it's almost see-through you know when yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and 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 it's been proven and it's to, stereotype yeah and, yeah but but you know these guys are gonna fight and scratch and claw and, and i think do whatever it takes to become famous man right because there's people i uh, come on you know you've been around a long time i've been around a long time M- my initial reason for being a comic was was not to be famous, but it was to entertain, man. Entertain, I really, entertain. yeah. As corny as that sounds. And tell the truth. And, yeah. And have the freedom of mind. Yeah, man. And I figured if I did that, everything else is gonna fall in place yeah. not true man <laughs> i didn't know that i was supposed uh, to be doing myspace yeah. i didn't know that i was supposed to get in people's emails or yeah i mean look at me i'm working out of my garage <laughs> yeah, how yeah, the fuck
0: are you yeah. all right so so basically what you're saying is that the competition is insane
1: yeah and you know listen man they, they've done a they, I, I saw this on one of those um you know like 60 minutes mag you know like a, a, a magazine tv show like a 2020 where they show these uh Every day, professionals, man, and they put them in a situation where they they, they put them in a in, in a room where where they had a literally, you know, fight for whatever situation they put them in. Right. And these are good, you know, hardworking people, or blue collar and white collar and everything. And what they what the end result was that no matter who you are or how good you are. You, you know when you're when when you're uh, your back's against the wall you're an asshole right you know what I'm saying survival th- survival mm-hmm. when your survival kicks in and I think this is what has happened to a lot of these 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 comics so you know yeah have they done bad stuff yeah I think they do are they gonna are they gonna come forward and say that that they did no then ne- that they never will man and who am I to say because you know I, I I back in you know maybe ten years ago I I would get on the air. And say, um, yeah, this guy's a thief, and this guy's, and then you know, then then I I just ended up sounding like a a bitter dude because I don't have the show.
0: Do you know what I mean? You know, Patton Oswalt once said to me, and it was really genius. And he said it before he was famous, or we were years ago when we were sort of starting out. He he said to me, "The truth is hack." Right, right, and it, it it's pretty ingenious because you know we're just comics and we live a life and if we want to talk to people like people people it's a pretty short menu of shit that
1: people have to deal with yeah, on a daily basis. we're not as evolved as we think we are well, it's, it, <laughs> right we're not as evolved it, yeah and that's the comedy of it it's right, like right. you know
0: my wife annoys me I'm going broke you right, know I, I hope right. I don't
1: die uh, you know fuck that guy and that's right. it what else is there is there a god yeah exactly <laughs> The older I get, man, I could care less about what happens to these guys. As far as stealing and and what they're doing, I it was too much wasted energy on my part, man. Yeah, because I was the comedy police for a while. I well, was yeah. that. I was that guy. I was the guy who go, hey, man, come here. What the fuck, you know, you didn't, you, you shouldn't. That's not your bid. And this is, and 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 then before you know it, you know, a couple of years go by when you should've been writing. <laughs> yeah. But you were friends with Carlos. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I'll tell you. And, and I told you earlier you know my what i think happened to carlos man is is he never got into writing ever like ever he never got into writing and i you know i used to go over his house and i used to say hey man let's write <laughs> and then we wouldn't write i mean i would be there with my pen my paper like come on let's write and he just he just would do other things he was one of those guys that would love to s- sit and back uh of the comedy club and watch other comics and like what i think happens man is subconsciously with whether you're trying to do it whether you're not trying to do it you're going to pick up material man which is like you know yeah we all have uh similar experiences as far as yeah everybody has a girlfriend right or, yeah yeah or a boyfriend whatever man yeah everybody has a relationship you know yeah right? everybody has a car yeah uh, uh uh but i think if you sit in back of a club and you stay there for hours and hours, and you do it on Friday and Saturday, and and then uh, and then, but you don't write during the week. I think y- y- you're you're just you're bound to sound like another comic.
0: <laughs> yeah, but there, there's people that sound like other comics stylistically, and then there's there's topics. And I think what happens with people that have that kind of mind is that they'll hear a joke and they'll like the joke, and then they start adding to the joke they hear, and within a few days they can't see the source of the joke anymore in their head yeah they can only see their angle on it but like you're saying if somebody like carlos who who just you know kind of he just likes to
1: blast you know he likes to get up there and blast you know okay is he okay and i'll I'll put this is he a nice guy he's not the nicest guy i've known him forever uh about 15 18 years ago i did a show with all these young comics we were all young back then 18 19 years ago right yeah And, and, and it was like a it was a Cinco de Mayo with all these uh, Hispanic comics and then uh, I remember Carlos coming up to me and going hey I know why you did this and I was doing it because I wanted to have a venue man oh, yeah, I did yeah. it, and the place doesn't even no longer exist it was called Carlos and Charlie's back then uh-huh. on Sunset oh yeah 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 yeah. Was long time ago. yeah. and so uh, so uh, I remember Carlos pulled me aside and, and, and he was like uh, I know why you're doing this man and I go w- why am I doing this Carlos he goes Cause, Cause, you want to show everybody that out of all the Hispanic comedians, you're the you're the best. Because well, you're not the best. I'm the best. <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, yeah, he's, yeah. He's that he's that guy. And not ever, see. I wasn't raised like that, man. I mean, you know, you know what? I did? it's funny because before I became a comic, yeah. right? Yeah, I was a social worker, man. Really? Right down the street over here. Right down the street. Yeah, yeah I was a social worker because th- I just that was that's who I am.
0: There's a type of megalomaniacal personality, right? That that really, in in the long run, they don't give a fuck no, about don't. anybody as long as they're on top, yeah. And they really don't, no. no and and no. and I can't understand that completely, you know. That when like, because I can feel your heart, right. and like, and if I'm talking to some dude and he's sitting there going, "Man, I feel bad about it," you know, <laughs> if someone <laughs> I know. feels bad, about <laughs> <Yeah. it. laughs> you know, I don't yeah. give a crap, bro. Yeah, man. Um, but I think that's also part of the the, the macho legacy of the latin culture too and i think that carlos plays into that i think that he wants to be king shit and once he became king shit he wanted to make sure everybody knew he was king shit and he was going to do whatever he had to do to make sure people knew it and kept their place
1: oh yeah man i yeah. mean do you feel that you know what when you, you I, I think you you might have something there because it does um yeah yeah i think in the lot La latino and I was I was victim to that man I was victim of like hey man I'm a man and, and a man you know you better respect me and all yeah, that which right. is just a bunch of bull man which you know all it is is being macho to me is just being weak Yeah, you know cause it's real easy it's like I always said man it's, it's real easy to walk around with a pit bull or, or, or a bulldog yeah. and look mean Right. you know I, I always say I'm gonna see you walk around with a poodle and look mean you know right. what I mean that's, yeah. that's really having some balls that's right <laughs>
0: so,
2: that's right you <laughs> try know, to own that yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I just got that feeling that,
0: like you know, after a certain point, that you know, even with the with the with the the idea that the stealing thing and, and all this with other comics, it, it, is that you know, once you reach a level of success. Yeah. You know, if you don't have a conscience about, you know, what you've done to, to other people, you know, and, and I think these, a lot of these guys, you know, even when I talk to Robin, you know, they don't know they do it necessarily, but once they've done it at the stature they're at, it's done. There's no unfucking it. So in the long run, I guess, I guess what I'm learning, you know, from talking to you and in general is that, you know, we can absorb the community can absorb this crazy
1: shit. Yeah, yeah, the community, like you know, because you don't seem to really have a beef with Carlos. Oh, no, man. I mean it's uh, like whatever, you know. Just yeah, the only thing I don't like is uh, I don't like when he's around when I'm working in material, <laughs> and, and 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 listen, bro, I have no problem. Like I said, you know, uh, uh, hatred is wasted energy or anger and all that. Uh, But the the manager right now at the Improv, the guy who runs the the, the showroom on, on Melrose, he'll tell you I was there about a year ago. And I have all my notes, right, all my new notes, all these new bits I'm working on, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they, and then I see Carlos walk in, and I go, "Hey, uh, everybody, Carlos Mencia is here!" And then everybody clapped, and I yeah. said, "You guys want to see him?" And everybody clapped, right? <laughs> yeah, I said, "Carlos, come up here." <laughs> and he got up. <laughs> yeah. <he> got. <laughs> and then the, the manager goes, "Hey, I know why you did that." Dude. <laughs> I said, "Hey, dude, people love Carlos." <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a, it, it,
1: and that's a beautiful story because you know there's a lot of guys that won't go on stage in front of them I just didn't, bro. I won't. I won't you know? Well, there, because that happened with because that. I don't want it to subconsciously uh, uh, attach to him. That's right. You know? That's right. You're right. So <laughs> if I can help him help himself, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm here for him, bro. All right, you know? Willie. You got it, bro. Thanks, man.
0: Okay, well, here's what happened, Steve Trevino, who is nice
3: enough to come over and talk to me about this. You opened for Mencia for how long? Uh, Like going on four years. You still doing? No, no, no. I don't work with him anymore, thank God. And uh, you guys were friends? We were good friends. As a Latino comedian, first of all, growing up, you know, I saw him on HBO and thought to myself, that's the coolest guy because, I mean, he's the, you know, that means I can make it. Right. You know, I actually met Carlos Mencia when I was 18 years old. Uh Uh-huh. And I opened up for him down in Corpus Christi, Texas. And that was how our relationship began was me, you know, me meeting Mencia and and Mencia. And at the time, I thought this guy's the best comic ever. Yeah. He's you your know? hero. Yeah. He's my hero. I mean, yeah. this guy's selling out. I mean, he's, you know, he's amazing. Yeah. And ended up, and then I ended up on my own journey and we crossed paths in um, Dallas, Texas. And at the time I was opening for, um, I was on the road a little bit with David Tell, uh-huh. uh, Mitch Hedberg, God rest his soul. Um, uh, Lopez. George, and, yeah. And um, Mencia, and then Mencia kind of started hitting me up. And I, I mean, by all means, I don't think these guys were hitting me up because I was a great comic. I think it was more that, that I was very accommodating.
0: And thematically appropriate.
3: Yeah. You know, and I would, you know, I'd hang out with these guys yeah. and, and tell would go, hey, go hit on that girl for me, uh-huh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and go get me a shot of Jaeger. And there I'd go running, you know, oh, yeah, to, yeah. to hook him up or whatever. So you did what you had to do to get to where you were. Yeah, I did to. what I, but I mean, I loved it. You yeah, know, it was, sure. it was, these guys were my idols and these guys were- Were people that that I admired as comics. And then um, Mencia came back through Dallas. Uh, You know, as a comic, you do kind of a rotation through the clubs. and He came back through and he told me, he said, look, man, I want to take you on the road uh, permanently if you're up for it. And at the time, um, Lopez was about to get his TV show uh, on ABC, the sitcom. And Lopez basically told me, he goes, look, Mencia is a horrible human being and uh, you shouldn't go with him. And Lopez said, if you like, I can help you out. The only problem is, I'm not going to be doing stand up that much because of the sitcom. You know, maybe I get you on as a PA or something in LA. My whole goal was to be a sitcom. I mean, to be a a comic. Yeah. So Mencia goes, all right, man, I'll take you on the road. And my first year on the road was with um, Pablo Francisco, uh, Freddie Soto, God Rest His Soul, and Mencia. And it was the Three Amigos tour. And for me, it was unbelievable. And that's when I first started hearing the rumors. Yeah. That's when Freddie Soto would go, bro. Don't trust this guy. Yeah, bro. Watch what you tell him, bro. And you know when you're when you're a young comic, you you don't know. Right. Well, Freddie too. Know.
0: I haven't talked about that yet. That you know, Freddie Soto was a great uh, Latino comic who died very young uh, a few years back, and uh, and it was a, a from what I understand, an incredible burden on him uh the 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 fact that that carwell seemed to be taking his material
3: yeah it, it actually um eleanor and i were talking about it the other day eleanor at
0: the, works at the comedy store works at the
3: comedy store and eleanor and i were at the comedy store talking about it and she says you know it, it really depressed freddie you know and it was frustrating for freddie who was trying to make that next jump in his career and here's mencia you know using his material material on mind of mencia to continue to make more and more money. Now you wrote you know, for that show. I wrote on the first season of that show, yeah.
0: Now okay, so okay, so you're back, you know, you're you're rolling with uh, with Carlos for, for a few years and what was your experience with that? With it now that you knew the rumors and you know, what was your experience with that?
3: Well, you know, the way that he would put it was, you know, like he would take a joke from me or I'd come up with a premise and I'd pitch it to him and then he would do it on stage and he'd go, Bro, you work for me. Uh-huh. I pay you.
0: So, so you would pitch jokes that you were working on for yourself.
3: For myself, right? I'd go, oh, man, I got this idea about, about X, Y, and Z. And, uh-huh. he'd, and he'd go, let me show you how to do it. Uh-huh. And then he'd go on stage and do it. And before he knew it, it was gone. It was not, no longer mine. But at the time, I, you know, he would go, look, man, I pay you week in, week out. I'm your income. So basically, you're writing for me. So if I take something from you. It's legit. It's legit. You're writing for me. Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I'm on. I'm on the road. Yeah, we were doing 50 weeks a year. Uh Uh-huh. Probably one of the best times of my life. Uh Uh-huh. You know, middling for him, and then I was still living in Dallas, Texas at the time. Yeah. And then you would hear the rumors, and you'd hear the rumors, but not so much. And then he wouldn't want me to move to L.A. I would go, bro, I want to move to L.A. I want to continue my career, and he'd go, "No, No, 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 stay in Dallas. You're fine. Yeah. Now I realized that now that I came to L.A., the reason he didn't want me to come to L.A. Was because I'd find out all the BS, which was what he was doing. Right, your, what he was doing, he was stealing, and you know that kind of thing, and his reputation. Because yeah. you know, on the road, it, you'd hear it very little.
0: Well, he he know you know he admits in the interview that that he's had that reputation his entire career. So I mean, that must mean something.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, but you but know. the
0: way he frames it, and what's interesting to me is that you know, in my mind, look, if a joke is that easy to take, especially if it's a, a, a ethnocentric joke. That you know, it it becomes difficult to to really trace the creator of it if it doesn't really have a trademark voice, right? Or or that the joke is
3: completely creative. I, I always tell people if a civilian can come up with the joke, then you're probably not onto it,
0: right? And there's a you know? you know, and I'm not apologizing for anybody, but it just seems like even as I talk to Willie or I talk to you and I hear about George and you know, and th- that this comes down to a personal matter that the, the subject matters that latino comics talk about in, in light of you know family, you know community, uh, right. food, uh, uh, immigrant issues, yeah these are fairly common premises. Right, which is
3: why I don't do those premises. Right. You know, as a stand up, I made a I made a conscious effort to to go, you know what? I'm not going to do anything latino Everything I'm going to do is, is whatever's happening in my life.
0: Yeah, it's a weird thing about this, because even you know after I talked to Willie and I've talked to other people, I really think that there is a difference between being you know, derivative or, or using stock premises and actually lifting someone's joke. I mean, in a right. general sense.
3: Well, you know and, and, and also I, and, and that's the sad part about Mincia. I used to watch that guy night, day in day out. You know we would do 50 weeks a year, and we would do every major comedy club in the country, and sometimes 10 shows a week. And there was times where he'd have an hour and a half of original, amazing, funny stuff. And then there's times where you're like, dude, why did you do that? Right. You know, I remember watching him do a a bit and I thought to myself, this guy's the greatest comedian ever because he just, first he tells me the idea. I got this idea for a bit. Yeah. And then that night he does like 20 minutes on that subject and I'm like, this guy's amazing. Yeah. Then I'm watching Comedy Central and I realize that it's a Jim Gaffigan bit.
0: Uh Uh-huh. So now the Cosby okay. thing, I talked to Mencia about that, and you know he, you know, he said, "Look, I, you know, I'm not going to steal from an icon." He
3: he told me that he had never seen Bill Cosby himself uh-huh. that special, uh-huh. because I had called him out. I that day when we were filming that special, I was on set, I was there for the whole thing. Yeah, me and all the writers from the Mind of Mencia, and the first person that I contacted was Jeff Schimmel. Mm-hmm. and I told Jeff Shimmel, I said, "Dude, the other writer, one of the writers, yeah. uh, Robert Schimmel's brother, yeah." yeah. And I told Jeff, I said, "This guy is doing Bill Cosby. He's got to stop." Yeah that, yeah, that bit. Yeah, that bit. This is ridiculous. We went over to, to Mencia's agent, his managers, and and I I told them all. I said, "Look, there are people already think he's a thief. You know, he's already in trouble for that. It's going to look bad on him. Tell him to stop." And this is me being Mencia's friend. Yeah, trying to look out for the guy. Yeah, and there we are the the day of, and he goes into it, and I'm like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me." And then, of course, you know when the writers went in to edit the special, they edited that out. Right. And then later on, when Rogan found it, it was because they did the unedited version.
0: The DVD. The
3: DVD. And then it came out. But it was like, come on, dude. And then Mencia looks at me in the face and goes, I've never seen Bill Cosby himself. And I'm like, really, dude? That special is one of the most famous stand-up specials of all time. Uh You're telling me you have every comic in the country and every future comic in the country is going to watch that special. There's no...
0: Yeah, no I, like it's like, I think I saw it when I was younger. Yeah, I saw it very young. But d- okay, I guess the big question for me is because you know, I talked to Willie and he seems to believe in this and this is something I encountered with Robin. It's something I encountered with people that, you know, work at a frenetic pace that have to fill a lot of time. Do you think that he, you know, literally says I'm taking that bit or do you think that he hears it and doesn't know that he's taking that bit?
3: I think he doesn't know. I think that he's ill. I think that he, you know, one time we, we were driving down the road before this TV show and he goes, how do you see it going down for you, Trevino? And I said, well, man, when I'm famous, I want to have a tour bus and I want to tow my motorcycles around. Yeah. I go, that way, if I want to ride my bike, I can jump out of the tour bus, you know, ride the yeah, bike across yeah. the country, right? Right. Guess who has a tour bus? He does. Guess who has motorcycles <laughs> behind oh, it? Oh, that's so, see, it's almost sad. It is sad, and, and actually, you know, I always tell people I laugh because I go, man, he's even stolen my best friend. See, my best friend growing up, when we were on tour, I got him to tour with me and Mencia. Yeah. And now, Joey still tours with Mencia. Yeah, I
0: ran into Joey. He's the guy that put me in touch with him.
3: Yeah. Joey's my, one of my best friends from growing up.
0: All right, so let's talk about uh, Freddie Soto. A lot of people don't know Freddie Soto. He was an up-and-coming Latino comic, very respected, you know, real deal guy, and he passes away. And he, I know, he had tension with uh, with Carlos.
3: Yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot. Uh, I think a, uh, me and Eleanor were talking, and we really feel like part of what killed Freddie was was Mencia.
0: The aggravation.
3: The aggravation, and just you know, here's Freddie, you know, struggling to pay the bills. Yeah. And here's Mencia using his bits and his material uh, to continue to get richer and richer and richer. And here's Freddie going, "Shit, man, I'm just trying to pay the bills." And just the stress of that, and the pressure, and and what are you going to do? You're going to call him out? You, you know, what does that what does that accomplish? And what happened after Freddie died? Freddie died, and like a week later, Mencia was doing Freddie's bits verbatim on stage, at the improv, and D, one of the managers, and, and Rita, the other manager, uh, in the hallway, are in this huge debate and argument. Uh, whether to cut his mic or not and d is like you gotta cut his mic like this is ridiculous Freddie just died and he's doing his bits and <laughs> rita was like he's carlos mencia and of course this was at the height of you know minda yeah and she was like i'm not gonna cut his mic d wow. and d to this day we me and i talk me and her talk about it, and she's like i regret it steve i wish i would have cut his mic here, here's a great story for you since we're on it. Just remember, me. here's the kind of guy he is. I My first week ever to headline, I get booked at the Ontario Improv. And I'm super stoked because it's like, man, real money now. You yeah, know, you're getting yeah. paid, you know, that bump in pay. And, and this is the real deal, you know. And of course, I'm a little nervous because I'm like, I don't know if I have 45 minutes. Yeah. I know I can kill for the 15, 20 I've been doing. But, yeah. for, you know, so this is a big deal for me. Yeah. Mencia shows up, right? And... <laughs> Right before I go on stage, he goes, "Hey, I want to go up, do a few minutes," and I go, "Absolutely, right, no problem." I walk on stage and I go, "Ladies and gentlemen, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him." Ladies and gentlemen, Carlos Mencia. He walks on stage and does two hours. I never go up, and your name's on the marquee, and my name's on the marquee. It's my first week to headline, first night to headline, two hours. <laughs> and then he goes, "Hey, let's get let's get Steve, <laughs> let's get Steve back up here," and I go, "Dude, I'm not going up." I'm not following two hours of you.
0: Yeah, he did that to me once.
3: Yeah. It's, it's just amazing. And it, Actually, that's the last conversation. Me and Ari Spears and Mencia were in the parking lot. And I go, dude, there's a way to do it. There's a way to bump people. And he goes, what? Who cares? I'm Carlos Mencia. And I'm like, dude, Chris Rock comes into the comedy store, doesn't bump people. Not for two hours. Not for two hours. He comes in on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to work on stuff that he's working on. And he asks to go up. You come in here and bump people for an hour.
0: So it's yeah. very complicated. It's fairly complicated in terms of the, the way we live our lives and the opportunities we want to have, you know, compromises we have to make in terms of relationships. And then just the, the pain of, of, you know, not knowing if someone's your friend. I mean, we're all pretty selfish, but I'm glad you talked to me about it because, I mean, I distinctly got the feeling when I was talking to him. And I, I'm not trying to. To so, you know, I'm not trying to sandbag him or flank him by talking to other people. Right, it, it's just that I I felt that there was some something missing from it, and that you know he you know he's very aware at, at, at his ability to charm and and you know and tell a story. But I I still on some level feel kind of bad that because when I see how hated he is, I feel horrible for him. Just just as a person, I'm like, how do you fucking you know carry that burden of that much hate and what are you going to do you know how are you going to change there's nothing he can do to put that genie back in the bottle nothing and you know he's going to therapy and and, and you know it, 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 but no one admits to stealing yeah nobody you know
3: and it's, it's sad. That's one I mean, thing I've
0: noticed is that they'll all say, like, you know, maybe it's similar, you know, like Robin you know, even said, like, you know, my brain works in a certain way. And you're saying that, right. that you think that Carlos might have that, too, because I just don't know anybody really who would sit there. I mean, Eleanor claims that he wrote jokes down
3: from people saying them. I don't know. I've never seen him do that. Yeah. His, just, his, his memory is impeccable because he's sober as fuck. Well, yeah, maybe, yeah maybe, exactly. Maybe, he's sober. Maybe but, the drinking will help him start forgetting stuff. But his memory is phenomenal. His intelligence is phenomenal. I mean, the guy is he's a genius. Yeah. I've seen the guy recite things that we saw on Discovery Channel verbatim, and you just go, wow.
0: So he's always filling it. He's always you he's know, looking for a way to, to fit in and to, to be you know, like he must not. But at, I
3: remember him telling me, he goes, I just want to be known as the greatest comic ever. And I'm yeah. like, how sad must he feel now that he's known as the greatest thief comic ever
0: mm. thanks for talking yeah. to me thanks Steve. for having me being a reasonable man and 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 in some ways uh you know trying to be fair i didn't want to sandbag mencia or 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 you know take what he said and 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 mash it up with other people's things and i wasn't trying to to make an indictment i was trying to have a dialogue so after i talked to uh willie barcena and steve trevino i was in the awkward position where i had to contact carlos again to tell him we needed to do some follow-up because i know things now that i didn't know then and and i want you to answer to them specifically so i texted carlos basically saying look i got to do some follow-up questions why don't we do it on the phone because i personally didn't want to have to do it face to face i admit that i was hoping we could do a phoner but within minutes Carlos said, uh, texted me back, he said, I just landed at LAX, I'll come from the airport. And I'll I'll come over and we'll do it. So here it is, Carlos Mencia answering to some of the issues that were provoked by my conversations with Willie, Steve, other comics, and my need to, to get to the core of this personality. Let me tell you what's going on. You know, I posted that I was going to talk to you, and then, like, you know, I, you know, I may envy your success, but I don't envy the the amount of contempt there is out there for you. Sorry, no, I don't. Why and, uh, do you think I envy it? I no, mean, no, I know. But uh, so, so what happens is, like, you know, I came you know, when we talked first. Yeah, you know, I was approaching you as a peer, and we were going to discuss. You know some of the you know the the rogan thing and some of the you know the more public accusations about stuff and i again i didn't want to rehash any shit sure sure and then all of a sudden i'm getting phone calls you know and and, and someone's telling me you know talk to the latino guys talk to the, you know the guys that knew him talk to his friends and i'm like sure. well I'm, I'm not looking to indict but I, I am looking to get at some sense of truth sure so you know, I talked to Trevino. Yes, I talked to Barcena. Yes, and, uh, and and we just got to address a couple of things. Let's do it, man. All right, all right. Now, first off, I got a personal thing that I didn't bring up before, but it came up uh, you know, numerous times, and mm-hmm. I, I want to know what, you know wh- where you wh- what you say about it. Now, granted, I'm willing to let you be an asshole. All right, I'm willing to know that you're you know you obviously did what you had to do to get where you are, and there is a certain power trip about it. I understand that. Sure. Okay. One time I was doing the improv, I was headlining. Yeah. And you came and bumped me and did like 45, 50 minutes. Yeah. Now, and then I, I left because right. I was like, you know, fuck that, fuck, fuck him. him. right. Okay. Now I see that this is a pattern that, you know, you bump headliners and you do an hour to two hours. Yeah. Now, is this a territorial thing? Are you saying, fuck you? This is, you know, I'm, I'm the boss. Be honest.
2: I'll be honest with you, man. It was, remember last time we were talking, that's what happened to me. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Eddie Griffin didn't. Well, he's, but he's the one guy. Nah, no,
0: man. For, at for the comedy an hour. Store, for, okay, at the comedy at store. At the
2: comedy store. Are it's, you telling me
0: there's no territoriality to you saying "fuck you"? Who's the biggest dick in town? No, it's the it's my
2: only way of of dealing with. It, it's my only way of de- dealing with how hateful. You know what I mean? So you're saying the that you do it. Is. You do it out of spite. Yeah. I do. So, if Guy what's your me. beef with me? Why'd you not come teach me a lesson? Well, that's fucking that. That just like me being an asshole and me being, you know, what I mean, taking it, you know, just it, it's it's one of those things where you know, especially before, uh-huh. man, it was like, I I I felt like, especially guys like you, you know what I mean, who came from that different school, uh-huh. you know what I mean, of you comedy, wanted to school me, who came to not school you <laughs> as much as like you know fuck you okay. i am I, my comedy isn't to be shit on you know what i mean okay so you do alternative you do something but, different. I, but i didn't personally shit on you oh no no you never did
0: but you just had you were making an example
2: but dude like think about how difficult it is as a human being for me you know what i mean you call me up and and
0: and then you tell me that all these people like are saying no fuck that you gotta no, no, no. prove it they're not they're not saying that this is me you know all you know everyone i talked to was was very diplomatic right i mean some of them you know you feel you know, have you know, empathy uh for okay. for what they see as your condition right but but so you you did it was it was some swinging dick shit with that stuff. You had some lessons to teach. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's still it still happens sometimes. You and know when what I mean? when you feel it happening, you're like, fuck that guy. I'm gonna go down there and do an hour to an hour and a half in front of him to show him who's boss. Bro, listen. When when you watch
2: that tape, and I don't know how many Which I've tape? never seen it. I mean, the uh, the the Rogan thing. That's yeah. yeah that
0: you know th- this well, is beyond that.
2: But here's the deal. Yeah. When you watch that, or when they interviewed a bunch of comics at the comic store and comics that I've never even taken anything from supposedly are like, oh yeah, he takes shit.
0: Right. so I get that.
2: When a guy like that, when I'm on when I'm on stage, excuse me, at the at the comedy store, and I look straight ahead, and there's that little doorway that leads downstairs to the hall. Yeah. And I see one of those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's on the list after me. Fuck him. Fuck him. Because I've tried to be nice to these guys. You know what I mean? I've walked up to Ari and been like, Ari, well, fuck you. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Okay. All right. So So when that happens and those guys are there, yeah. But part of me wants to be cool and be like, you know what? Let me be a nice guy. That shit don't work though.
0: Yeah. Because you're too angry. No, it doesn't. It doesn't help the situation. But do you think that bumping them and doing an hour helps? No, but it doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. It makes you more of an
2: asshole. Maybe, but it it doesn't hurt. It doesn't stop them from talking shit. It doesn't stop them from well, no no one's gonna stop talking shit because well, okay. So so
0: there, if nobody's
2: gonna stop talking shit, right?
0: Yeah. No matter what I do, they're not gonna stop talking. I don't know if that's true though. I don't know if it's no matter what you do. Because like, quite honestly, like you know, when I when I talked to Steve, you know, you, you guys were friends. He, he has empathy. You know, he has his beefs. You know, he said you bumped him down in uh, in Anaheim and did two hours on the first time he headlined. Bro, let me tell you about about Steve. Did you go to the Ontario Improv when he when was he doing-
2: was headlining? Yeah, I don't remember. that. Uh- <laughs> no, I swear to God, I don't. Because I would tell you if I did. But it's I mean, possible. Not. It's possible. It's possible that I did it. It's not possible that I did two hours. That I wouldn't do. No, no way would I do two hours. Maybe an hour. Headliner. Um, uh, yes. You know what? You did fifty minutes in front of me. I know it. And you yeah, know. but that's different because because I you, you, it's the improv like here. It's not. It's <laughs> not one two three improv.
0: All right, we've established the fact that sometimes if you feel it in your balls to go up and and bump a headliner to show uh so show them who's boss, you'll do that to yeah. get even you know what
2: but yeah. the way you put it i sound like a dick but you know what it's a dick move <clears throat> but it is it's all about dick it
0: is okay it, it truly is all right moving it's, on. it's
2: like the only place it's the only fucking place man that, it, uh, that i that i can get back at this shit that i can fucking find balance with it you know what i mean it's the only place but it doesn't where, but it doesn't
0: do anything to to, to stop it
2: I, I've done, the, listen, listen, I've gone to the improv many times and not done 45 minutes.
0: No, I know, I know. But what I'm saying is that what it does is it, you know, there, there's part of it in my mind, if I'm going to look at it as, sure. a, as a mythic battle. Sure, sure. Where that, wherever your career is or how everyone's thinking right. about you, you're going to go in and say, fuck you, I'm still here. Eat that shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Freddie Soto. Freddie was another opener of mine. Okay. But Freddie, you know, passed away. You know, prematurely had yeah. a heart attack, yeah. however it was. And, they, and there are people that say that you caused him a lot of stress by doing his material on stage. And more, more than that, that a week after he died, you went on stage with his jokes. That's not true, man. I mean, listen, that's the saddest thing ever.
2: I met Freddie out of love, man. No, I'm I a know. Freddie.
0: Well, Look, the one thing I'm learning about you is everybody loves you. You, you, you loved you. You had good friends. But at some point it turned and and at some point people started to distrust you. They started to accuse you of stealing their shit. They started being afraid to perform in front of you. I don't know when that happened, but I don't either. it just comes down to, you know, if, I, if I'm talking to you as a peer that, you know, you're concerned about, you know, your uh, reputation and, and what I'm saying is that, you know, if people are saying that, you know, a, a manager at the improv wanted to shut the mics off a week after Freddie is dead uh you know because you're doing his shit that's
2: first of all i didn't i don't even remember performing like at that time at that time when he passed away we but, we could actually probably look at my schedule
0: i, I guarantee you that i wasn't even in town at the is time. there a chance let me just ask something is there a chance because look i've talked to people about stealing before i've talked to people and and i am empathetic yeah you know, i'm not attacking you i understand is there a chance that you absorb this shit? and you don't know that you're you're doing similar things or doing people's bits is there a chance Here, with openers no with headliners possibly
2: but with openers no because what happens with guys like i won't even no, name I, names. I, okay
0: you you've denied that. the with the, young guys yeah
2: most of the time when they do a bit yeah i'm like i did that like 15 years ago i yeah, did I, the bit about the cougars 15 years ago so sometimes these guys have never seen that bit that I did in 1992 about, you know, having sex with a 40-year-old woman. Well,
0: it could be the same with you in the in the Cosby thing that, you know, you were a kid. You might have seen that. I Fuck, dude. I wish I could tell you right now. Like, I, I swear to God, I wish I could
2: say, look, you know what, man? I've been an asshole and I want to change and I'm different than that guy that I was before and I'm not afraid. And you know what? I might have taken some people's shit. And to those people, I apologize because I know that everybody would be like, well, fuck. Okay, good. Like, I know how people
0: work. I know that they I, you would know it too well. I think
2: but, but <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I know that they would say that. And I and I want to say that. Okay. Like I I fucking do. But I, I don't watch other people to take their shit.
0: But you okay? So you, you 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 qualified that by saying headliners maybe maybe headliners
2: maybe I absorbed something from watching a headline that made me go oh fuck you know
0: what I mean because I know wow. what, I know what happens with some people's brains like you know I talked to Robin Williams about this sure and we talked to it you know, we t- I talked to him specifically about it right sometimes people just got sponge brains and their brains are working really quick so you all of a sudden you see a bit that you think is funny and then you add a couple tags to it in your head and a few days later you don't remember that you saw the bit you just remember what you added to it and it's your bit.
2: um well uh, that i've consciously done what i what i have done is like let's say i saw paul mooney do a joke about how black people do this and i went oh fuck mexicans you know blah 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 and like found that angle in that one joke
0: that i've consciously done that's just derivative that's not right right there's a difference in, in
2: that sense um and i I am a sponge, so to speak, you know, i I do remember like I don't write I don't write stuff down. Like I don't actually have written stuff. I record it so that I can remember it. But I'm also aware of of, you know, jokes that I do that I go,, Ugh. I don't know anybody specifically as much as I know that this is out there. is not a yeah, like right now. There's this bit that I do about the president, and you know how he's our first half white president. That's the whole premise of it—that he's not like you know ghetto black. That's the whole thing. Um, And but that's a stock premise at this point. Well, toward the yeah, but see, that's the stuff that I get. You know, no, I know because of like
0: you know, there's like some of the guys said, like you know, if if Carlos would just you know do his shit, he knows how to do shit. That you know, it seems that a lot of this stuff is hung up on shit that anybody could do, right? They can't necessarily do it like you, but a lot of this discussion is about shit that is just fucking topical comment. you know. I'm, I don't even know why I'm getting angry angry in, 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 in this conversation, just that. Well, I, you know what? I learned something from being
2: here last time. The one was George. You know what I mean? And I forgot to tell you until I thought about it because you said, uh, you said something that made me think about it and later I went, oh, fuck. When I went up to George and said, I didn't take your shit, George accepted that George is like okay but you should stop doing it anyway because I've been doing it longer than you out of respect and you know what today today I would do that back then when I wanted to prove to myself and the world that I was funny uh, I took that as an affront sure And and you know. I think That's
0: one I wish I could have back. There's yeah, I think there's a little Latino macho thing going on between you and George and yeah. But I like George. No, I, I like George's stuff. I like all these guys' stuff. But and this you guys compete. We all compete, but it just seems like, you know, the competition element of trying to be a success has driven you to perhaps involuntarily absorb other people's material and fuck people off. Uh fuck people
2: off yeah piss them off yeah do
0: dick shit yeah absorb their
2: shit on purpose i didn't no. say on purpose
0: involuntarily e-
2: even involuntarily i mean look it's it's been going on for way too long for me to be for me to be naive about it you yeah. know what i mean yeah at this point it i i would say to you from an outside he's doing it on purpose you know what i mean if it's happening it's it's on purpose because now, you
0: oh you would be yeah yeah
2: because this isn't the first time this came up it didn't happen you know a year ago i mean Happened it went public it's a long said,
0: time you said it's, it's been coming at you for your whole it's career. been
2: coming at me for yeah so, you know
0: so you're saying it's not on purpose
2: no i don't I'm, I'm saying not only that i'm like really conscious of staying away from any shit that's there, there personal are, there are guys now that that won't go on stage in front of you that's not true, man. Nobody that I know of, except for Ari. Bill, Ari? Bill Burr? Is the only person that I know of that actually didn't. I, I did, I've I done big shows with Bill Burr. Okay. Um, You know, it just gets perpetuated to a point where, you know, the stories of it become better than the actual I,
0: I, you know what and you're right act itself. You're right. that's why you know when I got in the mire of this like it was not my intention to rehash anything but I did want to give you the opportunity to come back here and deal with this shit
2: I, I, I've never dealt with it like this and like I said li- listen you know no Gaffigan jokes <laughs> Gaffigan now he whispers now one time I whispered a whole show but this was this is probably like in nineteen ninety eight, so it was probably before I even knew of any of his stuff. But you know, you know, I'm, I'm. Look, if I've seen him, I could tell you what they do and how they do it. And I, I stay away from that shit. You yeah. know, okay. He's from the look at him,
0: yeah, yeah, he's crazy.
2: Yeah, you know what I mean. Or with uh, you know, uh, Wendy, yeah. where mm-hmm. yeah, where she'll just throw a and throw. You know what I mean? You, yeah, yeah, technique. I, yeah, we, I get all that stuff, yeah, and yeah. you know. Like I said, a lot of this stuff is a lot of this stuff becomes personal most likely because uh, you know, I I I am kind of a, a guarded human being when it comes to that stuff. What do you want
0: to say to everybody?
2: You know what to whatever anybody has thought that I've done to them, I you know, I, I'm I'm sorry, man. What about I, I to really the audience? Am. To my audience, you know, well,
0: and to the people to that you're dissenters.
2: I don't know what to say to them. Like You've asked me every question. I haven't (laughs) sidestepped any. Do you know what I'm saying? I haven't tried to Uh, sidestep it. I've answered it as honestly as I can. I mean, and and more so now uh, than even last time. Yeah. Because I felt like last time there was still a sense of agenda on my behalf. I felt that, Right. Yeah. But that's because I want people to like me. (laughs) I really do. I, I know. And what happened was this morning, ironically- ironically bro this morning I'm I'm driving well I wasn't driving I was on a in a car and and I started writing about this just not funny stuff just you know I'm watching the sunrise uh, the journey you know that I've been through is amazing yet because of my fears it seems I'm never satisfied don't misunderstand I've always been happy. It's just that, you know, having been born in a village and raised in this country has been. And so that's what this was about. It was literally me going, you know, I've cared so much about what people think about me that it has led me to negative behavior. It has led me to go on stage and say, fuck you, because I was worried about them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not me. I mean, part of like going on stage at the comedy store that I used to love was, and and this was even a bigger asshole move than doing a long time. You know what I used to do at the Comedy Store about four, five, seven years ago? I used to go on stage. Well, I used to hang out when there was a bad crowd. You know what I mean? And just watch the comics go, this crowd sucks, this crowd sucks, this crowd sucks, this crowd sucks. You know, that kind of, everybody's having shitty sets. And then I'd go up on stage and have a really great set. And right at that moment where you know I have them, I would look back at my brother and go, how long was that, bro? And he'd go, five minutes. And I'd be like, that's it. Good night, everybody. <laughs> like, that was just me going. That's how you do it, fuckers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but a lot of that was to myself as well. Sure. To, to to prove to myself that, you know, you got it. You can still do this. That was, um, that was before the TV show. You know what I mean? That was before realizing that I don't want to do things out of fear. I, I want to do things out of love. For for me for my audience for other comics you know what I
0: mean well I hope you uh, I hope you succeed in, in turning that around I
2: don't I don't know that I can and no, that's so the hard I, part you can, you
0: can. I'm yeah. serious I, I you people, know it's why people you know some people uh, do it they they have religious experiences. Yeah. Did you ever just sit down and and yeah? I, I think what I sensed the last time we talked was that you know you say that you know you're sorry and you say that you know this makes you feel bad, but do you experience the sadness of it? I mean, you know, some people have said that you're pathological. Yeah, I
2: I experience that when I'm alone. What happens? Do you cry? Yeah, man. I fucking, seriously, dude. I get depressed and I don't leave the house. I mean, but I can't
0: show anybody that. Yeah. But when I'm Dealing with this shit alone, fuck yeah, it hurts. You're a real comic, and you got some real fucking problems. <laughs> and that's you know, yeah, right. there there are problems inside you, there are problems outside of you. But I, I I still can't take away the fact that you know you you earned your place, and you you you've you, you've made it work. And that th- not everyone can do that. And there's a certain amount of spite that comes towards people because of that, and these other things. You know, I I've done everything I can to to talk through this stuff. And you've been. Uh, was there
2: was there some like burning question that these guys had? That these guys, you know what I mean?
0: I I, I truly. Want no, to there was them. like actually nobody. You know, nobody actually was that negative. You know, they you you you've been sort of like in the community. It's it's now a given. There are certain things that are given. Here, here's, here, are the, here are the three points. You know what they are. You know, Mencia steals, so I don't want to go on in front of him. Or you know, he stole this guy shit, he stole that guy shit. Okay. The other one is he bumps people to teach him a lesson. Okay. Uh, the other one is uh, you know, you know, he won't take responsibility for 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 any of this shit, and he has no friends, and he because that's because he's an asshole. Well, I don't have friends in the business. That's true. Well, that's not true. I mean,
2: I do have, but outside of comedy. But but a big part of it is, like, when I, I'm, I'm just not into the, I'm just not into blaming other people for my shit. I do take responsibility for my shit. You know, we've conversed about this a while. You, you've never heard me say they're the reason that, you know... I lost my show or there's the
0: reason that, you know, ratings dropped or, you know what I mean? I've never blamed any of those people for anything. And these guys were pretty, you know, they, you know, they were pretty diplomatic too, because I mean, the the interesting thing is, is that they understand you and whether your view of what you do or whether what their view of what you do uh, is different, they understand you and they act in relation to that understanding. And some of them are talking from experience and some of them are, you know, the guys who were talking shit, I, you know, I, I'm not interested in them. Right. To to Willie, I will apologize
2: personally to Willie because I did say some shit about him that came off way fucked up on stage, but I didn't mean it the way it sounded. I just I'm very blunt, and it was a it was just not right. It was not cool the way I said it. What was it? Well, it was back in the day when the Alley Cabaret used to yeah. be open. Oh yeah, geez, that's a long and I time. was, yeah. and I said this guy. Is gonna be really, really funny someday. And then I said, you know, Willie Barsena. But uh, I didn't mean to say. Right. I didn't mean to say. He's not funny he's now. He's not right. funny. I meant to say, like, this guy just is gonna blow it out of the park. Um, I don't remember everybody there, but there was one time that I did say in front of a bunch of Latino comedians, of all you guys, and I think I pointed to Gabriel Iglesias.
0: Yeah.
2: I said, you're you're going to make it in stand-up. You love stand-up. You are going to do whatever it takes. You're going to write. You're going to do it. This isn't something... If you get a TV show, you're still going to do stand-up. I said, the rest of you guys, you don't love it that much. As uh-huh. soon as you get a TV show, you'll stop doing stand-up. Uh-huh. And uh, it wasn't very popular at the time. And well, you know what? I shouldn't have fucking... They, they, I didn't need to open my fucking mouth in the first place. There's no
0: reason for me to say shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we do. We all do. I, 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 I've said shit like that. But I, you know, what? it's interesting that you say that because I think in closing, we, I can honestly say that you love standup. I, I love stand-up, I know, man. More I than,
2: more than anything in the world. I know, man. More than my wife. More than my kid. More than, more than. There's nothing. There's nothing I've ever done that feels that. Like, that feels as 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 amazing as making people happy but it's not fun anymore not like that well it's just not fun anymore you know what i mean well i hope you can get back to a place where it's fun again it was this weekend last weekend i was performing okay so it's it's
0: really a show for show thing
2: (laughs) well because they weren't there and i'm i gotta get all these demons out what are you doing now to change um i was at the comedy store the other night uh i went up at one o'clock so you know i'm trying to go up later
0: we so try to I, make an agreement that you won't bump people just to teach them a lesson?
2: Yeah. You know what? That's something that that I've, I've seriously, like, you know what I mean? All right. Considered. And uh, just recently, it's like I've been going to the store much later, doing a half hour instead of longer. But going on at, you know, one o'clock in the morning. But you know what? If you were to call Tommy, the comedy store guy, he will tell you that even within the past year or two, when I show up, he goes... Listen, is it okay if John Caparillo and this guy and that guy go on before you? Because you bump them, they're going to piss you off. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, no problem.
0: Yeah, you did. I, you know, you did that. You waited for me to go on once. The last time you were there, I was. They were like, I was like, I'm I'm not. I'm not bumping him. Good. Well, well, I appreciate that. And that you're 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 very highly aware of of the the stealing thing. So you're ultra sensitive to that stuff.
2: I'm ultra sensitive, but like no, I in terms saying, of like
0: you know you, you you double check now with people if you think you got a bit.
2: Yeah, I called. Uh, who did I call the other day? Um, God, I called the comedian the other day, and I was like, "Hey, I did this thing on stage." Is is that Johnny Sanchez? Oh yeah, I called up Johnny, and I'm like, do you do something like this?" And what do you say? And he was like, "Well, this is what I do." And I was like, "Well, before you do, let me tell you what I did." Yeah, so that you can
0: and understand what, and what happened.
2: And he was like, "No, no, no. That's that's really not my bit." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Because that one, I did go. As soon as I did it, I said, "I've heard that shit before." Yeah, you know, I've heard that somewhere. That's not an original. Yeah, it doesn't sound or feel like an original. I know what that feels like
0: to have that thought. I was like,
2: "Oh, what the fuck was that?" And then I went Johnny Sanchez. You know what I mean? So I called him that night when I got off stage and. You know, it was,
1: it you whatever.
2: Out. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd work it out with any of these guys. But what I realized this morning, that it's not about them. You know what I mean? I, I shouldn't do things for them. I should do things for me. And when I get off stage at the comedy store or any of those places, after doing a long time and I just run, it doesn't feel good it 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 doesn't feel good that i know that i bumped people it doesn't feel good that i know that i that i fucked up somebody's night it doesn't feel good that you left yeah having that been your show yeah that doesn't that doesn't feel good it doesn't make me happy it doesn't turn me on um it does when it's those pieces of shit okay that does all right so you pause But it makes it. me look like a fucking asshole and you know what Whatever they think of me, I shouldn't do that to them because as much as they're trying to ruin my livelihood by putting it out to everyone in the world, that my art is shit, nobody should buy it, that even though all these guys want to take not just the comedy but, you know, my livelihood, some of these guys would be happy to take my livelihood um, it, it doesn't condone me doing the same to them by performing so long that they don't get to perform in front of, you know, a, a decent audience and, and get that comedy time that, that they should get. And, and in that respect, I do take responsibility for that. And for that, I am sorry that I'm doing the same shit just in a different way to them. And I just don't want to be that person anymore. To anybody that feels you know harmed by me, I I do apologize, man. For anybody that I have that I've actually harmed in in this business on the way to to wherever I am, yeah, I, I, you know, to you, I apologize. I mean, you know, you never did anything to me to deserve that ever. I mean, never. And uh, you know, I just always felt like the fucking whole world was against me, bro. You know, and and if I if I seemingly absorb somebody's shit without knowing it like i said i'm hypersensitive to it i I can't imagine that i would without being somewhat aware of you know of certain jokes but if anybody believes that it's their joke that that's the one joke that you think is going to take you to the top or that one joke that you think is going to get you write some new jokes no man call me you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Call me and I'll drop it. I swear to God. All right. I mean, listen. Yeah. I I can write new shit. Okay. I can think of new stuff. All right. But don't. Don't slander
0: you behind your back.
2: Well, just come up to me, man. I think that's come right. Up, I think come the, up to me and the, say if someone steals you took from my you.
0: shit. Right. That's the way it should be handled. You know, what between I mean? the guy who feels like he's been stolen from, and the guy who he thinks stole it. Yeah, and you know, if at that
2: point I'm an asshole, then. Go for it. Yeah, go talk about me. Yeah, go say he's a piece of shit. It was one fucking joke, and that was it. You know what I mean? Um, do that, but you know the, the the internet thing, and the it's just gotten to the point where it's ridiculous. And this morning, I, I really did let it go. I, I I guess I I guess I really do want to per- be perceived as a nice guy
0: until I a get good pissed comic. off. And as a good comic,
2: yeah it's it's hard for me to fucking give in to that because it brings in so much pain, bro. All
0: right. Well, let's not do it. Let's just say do You know thank what I'm you. saying? I think you've re- I think you've uh uh But I rep- do
2: want people to know that that I feel that pain. I do, you know, that I, I, I that felt I it for do. a couple minutes. Yeah, and then I get out of it.
0: Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you don't want to live in it. That's why we're comics.
2: Right. That's <laughs> I know, but you know what I'm saying? It's I do. like I go there and I'm like, fuck, man, I'm that it's guy. So overwhelming. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm the fucking I'm- and it's not like Robin Williams it's not like Milton Berle. It's something different. <laughs> this is like it is. people that don't know comedy. On the other hand, I want, especially comics at the comedy store who don't like me, I really want you to know this. Seriously. I have a couple of friends who want to come and beat the shit out of you. For real. Like, fuck you up. And I tell them not to. Because for whatever reason, let, let me not interpret my own behavior. But I will tell you that. A few comics were like, dude, just, just, I just want to go to the comedy store, bro. I just want to go to the comedy store and I know the guys and it's was going to knock them the fuck out and tell them to stop. And I'm like, nah, bro, that's not what I want. That's not who I am. That's, you know, I may be a dick on stage, but that that's not why I'm so like, I want those people to know that, you know, despite of what you think, I I, I have, you know, stopped bad shit from happening. There, there is a line, so to speak, you know, that I won't, that I won't cross. I've never been confronted like this about why I go on stage for so long and I've never wanted to because it's ugly, but Mm -hmm. I'm glad that, I'm glad that, that, that mirror was pointed in my direction because, you know, I that's some shit that I shouldn't do, regardless of who's going on before or after me. Thanks, Carlos.
0: Where does this all leave us? I mean, after talking to him and and you know talking to him the first time, where I felt like I was being played a little bit, and he was presenting me with a a fairly well honed defense of his particular situation as he sees it, and then having him back into the studio here, back into the studio, back into the garage. To, to answer more specifically to certain claims, there were two different things going on in those interviews. I mean, clearly he, he, he was waffling. He was going in and out of, of anger, contrition, uh, uh, some guilt, trying to explain himself. There was definitely, there's something at the core of this guy where he obviously feels bad somewhere in there about a lot of things, yet he, he tries to justify it is he a sociopath? I, I don't know. Do we all have sociopathic qualities? If you look at, you know, the definition of antisocial disorder, most comics have a few of them. Yeah, you know, certainly self-centeredness, grandiosity, occasionally the inability to, to empathize or to have a conscience. I mean, this stuff is all percolating, you know, in Mencia. But but the interesting thing to me is that this guy is just, he's wired differently. Uh, did he steal? I, I think so. I mean, I you can... Make your own opinion. Did he know he did? I, I don't know. But this is a guy who we talked to initially. That his first experience doing stand up was from a joke book. His first impulse was to uh, I don't know how to do this. I, I I'm funny. I want to be funny. I I got to find some jokes. He doesn't write. That was clear. He's got an incredible memory. He's incredibly ambitious. He does his work. Doesn't write. Is he absorbing things? Is he doing other people's stuff? You decide. I think it's clear, but the interesting thing to me on another level is the personality is that this is a guy that didn't do drugs. He didn't drink. He uh, he minded his own business. He was a pariah even before he became a a reputed thief and an asshole. He had personality problems in the sense that he didn't treat people well. He was kind of a dick, but in in thematically in, in terms of what we talk about a lot on this show is that his addiction was really the power of making people laugh and making as many people laugh as possible and that he would do anything to get that buzz, that he would feed that monster, he would feed that addiction, he would just absorb whatever jokes he wanted to do so when he got on stage, he could feel powerful, he could feel funny, he could feel in control, he could feel like you know he was the planet itself. And, and the choices he made, either consciously or unconsciously, to feed that monkey on his back has put him in the position that he's in now. Now, in terms of, you know, is he a good person? Do people make bad choices in their life over and over and over again? Are they shitty people? Well, that's for you to, to decide. I mean, clearly he feels that he was in certain respects. And he feels that he has a burden to carry, which he does. And he feels that he made some mistakes, I don't know if he's going to change. Everybody makes compromises on some level, but I think what determines whether or not people will accept it is how big of an asshole you are and how you treat other people. Now, it becomes clear to me that, you know, Carlos is a bully uh, and Carlos is, uh, you know, very self-centered. He's grandiose. He does why It goes in and out, but whatever. And bullies will be bullied. And I think if you look at the the Joe Rogan situation, if you look at that situation that happened at the comedy store, a couple of things were going on. A lot of that stuff was bullshit. A lot of that stuff was over stock material. A lot of that was a cockfight that took place at the comedy store, which is a demonic hellhole of a, a, a castle of pain that, that generates this kind of tension. But it was really a bully-on-bully bully fight about bullshit. You know, Rogan was posturing, Mencia was posturing, uh, the you know the the topics of what was being postured about, you know, whether he changed his name, whether he wasn't really Mexican. This was just a bully, a guy like Joe Rogan, who was like, you know, fuck you, and if you got a problem with that, I'll kick your ass. And and make no mistake, Carlos Mencia was designed and created by the comedy store, and this was really a turf battle that got captured on tape, and it became an international incident, which is interesting to me just by virtue of the fact that. I believe that this stuff should stay within the community and be and be dealt with with the people involved. And because of the Internet, you know, everybody got involved. So now there's a lot of people out there and some of you I'm speaking to right now who think that your job is to police comedy. And it's a sad indication of where we're at now in the sense that nothing is really personal. Nothing is within the community. Everything can become a global event. You know, there were issues that were real, and I think we dealt with them here. But there are a lot of people out there plinking away on their keys, making judgments about people's lives that are just bullies. Bullies beget bullies. And and that's a reality. I don't think it's good. I think that this stuff can be dealt with without destroying, you know, somebody's, you know, career. Another interesting thing is that I don't know many comics that aren't derivative. I don't know many comics that haven't gone through periods of their career where they were literally doing other people's, not acts, but style. I see it all the time. Somebody steals or or appropriates unconsciously out of a desire to be like the person that they respect the style you know, most people, they'll they'll go through an Attell period, a Hedberg period, a Todd Berry period, a Hicks period, you know, whatever. You know, you have to learn how to do what you do, you know, by emulating. And I think that's, you know, that's something you see you know, certainly in, in the Carlos thing is that there was a, a, an attempt at mimicry. That given the fact that he's not a joke writer, that that is established that, you know, his real drive is to be. Funny and feed this this power trip that he has and, and feel at one with the world by you know you know, owning a room of five thousand people, also making money, but I think that that everybody goes through at least a, a phase of being derivative. And, and this is another problem with the internet and, and because of YouTube and because of everything else is that nobody can develop in private anymore. Everything has to be public. You know, you can't even do a new joke if someone's in there with a cell phone, they burn it before it's even a full joke on the internet. That there's no, there's no privacy whatsoever just to sort of move through your phases. The thing I'm building up to here is that everybody is derivative, but people pick whipping boys. They pick people to beat up. They pick people to bully. I don't know what the real point of all this was other than to, to explore a comedic mindset and to explore somebody who has been villainized, who has been made a pariah and to sort of, you know, sync that up with the way the comedy mind works, with the way the comedy community works, you know, with who gets hurt. Yeah, you know, what a couple of things that we learned here is that if you're an asshole, it's going to come back to you. If you're a thief, it's going to come back to you. And because of the world we live in now, you might never be able to live it down. Also, I'm finding that most people that do this, somewhere inside them, it 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 is causing their conscience trouble and pain. So what do we come away with? Here's what I know. Hack jokes are hack jokes. They are what they are. They're inevitable. Stock premises are everywhere. They're inevitable. Can you protect your hack jokes and your stock premises? Probably not. Can you do it legally? Probably not. Do comedians need some sort of legal protection of original material? Yes. Okay. Given that stealing is bad. It's a bad thing. Stealing jokes is a bad thing. It hurts people. It robs people of their ability to, you know, engage in their own creativity. Certainly being derivative exists. It's inevitable. Everything is derivative to what degree you're derivative. That's up to you and how much you can find and honor your own voice. That's where that stands. The comedy community has dealt with this shit before. We know who the thieves are. We know when someone steals their own joke. We know know, how to handle that. It is something we've been dealing with for years and years. And we deal with it. Now, when in this situation, the real question is, is that do you all feel good out there in the darkness, jumping on a bandwagon to try to destroy somebody, to try to assassinate somebody's character to the point where... Either they're incapacitated completely from working, from functioning as a person, uh, you know, from you know engaging or enjoying in their life. I mean, is that satisfying? I know it is. I know it feels good to say, fuck you, you suck. You, you're terrible, you should die, you know, you should go work at McDonald's. It's all very satisfying to be a bully, especially when you can just do it behind a screen name. But my real question is, is if somebody is willing to change or trying to change or actually does change is that interesting is that satisfying to say that somebody is owned up to something to say that somebody you know is different now is that going to be as viral just a question this has been very interesting for me i hope it was for you as well You can go to WTFPod.com for any WTFPod needs. You can get your JustCoffee.co up there. You can please get on the mailing list. Uh, You can uh, donate a little money. We are listener-supported. If you want some comedy news, go to uh, PunchlineMagazine.com. Get all your comedy information there. And also, Stand-Up Records has a great roster of uh, stand-up comedians, myself included, uh, Maria Bamford, uh, Stan Hope. You can go to uh, StandUpRecords.com. For that stuff, and and be well, and I hope this uh, provokes some thought. Thanks for listening.